minutes after 6 a.m. Good morning, everybody. My name is Nachum Siegel. Welcome to a Wednesday. This is your Jewish Moments in the Morning radio program.
J.M. in the A.M. <laughs> wow. <laughs> that is quite a selection. Diaspora with the David Melech Israel from the Reunion CD. Well, here's an interesting situation. I usually depend on our computer here to uh, keep track of what we're playing. And I depend on the computer to give us our weather forecast and things like that. And about five minutes ago, the computer decided to uh, <laughs> to take a long rest. One that I think is finally coming to an end, but uh, we'll have to wait a while before I can tell you about the music we're playing and about the weather we're expecting and things like that. It's Wednesday morning on this May 20th, day two in the month of Sivan. Hope your Rosh Chodesh was wonderful, the year 5775. Today is day 46 in the counting of the Omer, day number 46. That What is 46? 46 is uh, five weeks and uh, four days. Five weeks and four days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. The final time that we will count will be Friday night. Saturday night is Shavuos, so the final counting day or counting time will be Friday night uh, coming up. Shavuos outside of Israel is two days, so that means we have a Shabbos coming up and then Sunday and Monday for the holiday of Shavuos as everyone's getting ready for the big holiday. In Israel, it'll be uh, just on Sunday. That's how it works. Um, last week, you may recall, we promised you a conversation with one of the heroes of Nepal. Um, one of the doctors that was there uh, treating people and uh, contributing to the effort to rescue those who are still alive, to deal with those who are injured. Uh, we had to postpone it at that time, you may recall, because the doctor we were supposed to speak to literally was called into the trauma unit for a for an emergency uh, just moments before he was supposed to go on the air. Today we will make that up to you and have a conversation with a very prominent member of the Israeli medical community who was there in Nepal. And I want to thank our friends at Shari Tzedek Medical Center for making that possible. That'll be in the uh, 7 o'clock hour coming up here at JM in the AM. And tomorrow, I'll tell you, it's like medical week here at JM in the AM. Speaking of medicine and speaking of heroes, uh, tomorrow on this program, oh, that's in the third hour. I'm sorry. Today's conversation will be in the third hour, in the 8 o'clock hour coming up here at JM in the AM. Uh, tomorrow, Dr. Rick Hodes who has made a life, a career, a, a a legacy of helping people and saving people and um, saving lives by the hundreds and thousands in, uh, in Africa. And it is amazing the role that, that the organized Jewish community has had in this effort. It's amazing the role that he as an Orthodox Jew has played. And the types of stories he can tell. Uh, there is a book about him. There's an HBO documentary about him. Um, and we will, uh, and we will speak with him live in studio tomorrow right here at JM and AM. Should be, it should start according to the way we scheduled things. Should start about 7.35 tomorrow morning. So we are very excited about that. That's coming up tomorrow. Here at JM and the AM. We'll be off the air Monday, of course. It is Memorial Day, but more importantly, it's the holiday of Shavuot, so we'll be off the air on Monday, back to regular programming Tuesday morning here at JM and the AM. And I hope you will be tuned in. 
Uh, Rabbi Avram Willig and Company is next. More coming up. Keep it right here at JM in the AM.
Mot. Sa 
That's Ruach with Baruch Inafshi. Well, we're trying to uh, navigate through a couple of different computer problems here this morning here at JM and the AM, and I think we finally may, may have things under control. Uh, the Willig family with Drushna. You heard Diaspora with David Melech Israel at JM and the AM. Kent Yitzchak, Mayor Helfgott. Had Adudola with uh, Yitzchak Perlman, Leva Nefesh, and the Dove Fischoff Nigun, Soul Farm had Hine Kale, the Simcha Rabba done by Miami, Simcha Liner with the song Simcha, Stoliner Nigun from Ruach, and Regesh Modani opening things up, and that wraps up the, uh, the list of songs that we were able to present to you so far this morning here at JM and the AM. It's day 46 in the counting of the Omer. I misspoke earlier. It is six weeks and four days. Six weeks. And four days. If you forgot to count last night, make sure to do so sometime today. 57 degrees outside, mostly sunny, high 69. Tonight, mostly cloudy, low 51. Tomorrow, clouds in the morning, sunshine in the afternoon, a high temperature, 68 degrees. Yushalayim is done with the really bad part of the heat wave. The mid-90s temperatures, they're down now to uh, the mid-80s. We're at 57 here in Jersey City as we say good morning at JM in the AM. And... Um, to our news from Israel about five minutes from now and plenty more coming up. Keep it here. This is the, uh, this is the, uh, Semed Darom at JM in the AM.
J.M. and the A.M. Sisu at Yerushalayim. Darom Duo here on a uh, Wednesday morning broadcast. We have amazing programming all day long on our stream at jmtheam.org. Today at 9 o'clock, uh, and we posted this on Facebook yesterday, I had the opportunity earlier this week. Let me get to the Facebook post so I can give you this information accurately. I had the opportunity earlier this week to speak with somebody who was part of it, Murray Greenfield. Murray Greenfield was, he's now 90 years old. He was part of the group of about, it sounded like somewhere between, somewhere around 200, somewhere around 200 sailors, um, midshipmen, Navy men from the United States. And we're talking about, you know, kids in their, in the range of 20, 21 years old who went to Europe, uh, in the middle of the 1940s. With vessels, he didn't want to call them ships. He said it wasn't, they weren't worthy enough to call them ships to go and rescue Jews from Europe and bring them to Palestine. The operation, and he served three months in prison in Cyprus, courtesy of the British, uh, because of his activities at that age. And, uh, they saved about 75,000 people. He, he claims that it's that operation that essentially built the state of Israel and makes a great case for it. He's in Tel Aviv. I spoke with him earlier this week. Uh, that interview will be on at 9 a.m. right after JM and the AM, and I, I, I you have to tune in. Uh, it'll be on jmtheam.org on the NSN app. Uh, obviously, you'll be able to access it through our archives. Uh, but that is a very, very important conversation. Um, Steve Berg's going to be doing Community Roundtable. He'll discuss the fact that no one can tell you what's actually in the deal with Iran, that's for sure. Uh, they also discuss the Vatican recognizing a Palestinian state, and they top it off with the meaning behind the holiday of Shavuos. That's coming up on Community Roundtable later this morning at jmnam.org. And Yossi um, Zweig will be doing a live lunch starting at 11 a.m., plenty of great brand-new music, etc., etc. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard on listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope. Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey. Around the world in the web, jmtheam.org. Golly, it's all in the background. We'll do our news from Israel coming up and plenty more here on a Wednesday. Thanks for tuning in and being part of this great radio show. We'll have a a big three-day yontav, as we call it, coming up. Shabbos and then two days of Shavuos on Sunday and Monday. We'll get you ready for it right here. And circle your calendar for the 31st of May. The 31st of May is the Celebrate Israel Parade in New York City. Galitzal, Israel Army Radio, 2 p.m. newscast next to JMN. Galitzal, Hashash Time. Kanehut Graf in Mashakoraya Hashav. Baruts Esero, Otrim Levagats, Alachlatat Netanyahu, Ligbot Keshiv Asar, Milionesh Kalim Nosafim Meherutz. Katavtenu Shira Hadas Nakaro. Malkal Ruts Esser, Yossi Varshevsky, Amar, Herutz, Vovdam, Sapim, Sara, Utsar, Moshe Kachlon, Lekabel Manigut, Ulikanes, Leovia Kora. Bigvot Hatimashal Netanyahu, Shot if Neshazavit Misrada Utsar, קבוצת RGE את העסקה עם ערוץ 10 וגם המשקיע אילן שילוח הודיע כי יבחן מחדש את העסקה ראש הממשלה נתניהו נועד עם גלעד ארדן בניסיון לשכנע אותו להצטרף לממשלה. כתבנו עידו בן בג'י. לדברי בכירים בליכוד, נתניהו הציע לארדן לכהן כשר לביטחון הפנים, כשר לעניינים אסטרטגיים וכמשנה לראש הממשלה, ואף הבטיח תוספת תקציב למשרד לביטחון הפנים ולמשטרה. ארדן טרם השיב להצעת נתניהו. 
עד המדינה לשעבר בתיק הבר נוער זאור חנקישייב הודה והורשע כי בדה את הראיות בתיק. כתבתנו שרון פולבר. הנאשם זאור חנקישייב הודה בשיבוש הליכי משפט ובווידוי הראיות שהובילו למעצר השווא ולהגשת כתב האישום נגד חגי פליסטיאן בגין ביצוע הרצח בבר נוער. ההגנה והתביעה עותרות בהסכמה לעונש של 65 חודשי מאסר. גזר הדין בעניינו יימסר בסוף החודש. תוכנית ההפרדה בין ישראלים לפלסטינים באוטובוסים ביהודה ושומרון הושעתה על ידי ראש הממשלה נתניהו על רקע הביקורת החריפה למהלך בארץ ובחו"ל. נשיא המדינה ראובן ריבלין ברך על הקפאת ההפרדה ואמר ריבונותנו מחייבת אותנו להוכיח כי אפשר לחיות אלה לצד אלה. פיגוע הדריסה הבוקר בירושלים. שני שוטרים נפצעו קל. הנה מפקד מחוז ירושלים, ניצב משה אדרי, מזירת האירוע באטור. רכב שהגיע מכיוון צפון זיהה את השוטרים שלנו שעומדים בצומת, ובהחלטה רגעית פנה לעברם, פגע בהם, דרס אותם. כמו שמצופה מהשוטרים שלנו, נטרלו וירו במחבל והרגו אותו. אנחנו מבינים שזה מדובר בהמשך לכל פיגועי הדריסה שיש לנו בתוך ירושלים. דוקטור עופר מרין, מנהל מערך הטראומה של שערי צדק, עדכן על מצב הפצועה שהגיעה לבית החולים. הגיעה אלינו שוטרת צעירה כשהיא ערה במצב כללי בסך הכל סביר. היא נפגעה פגיעות גפיים בשתי הגפיים שלה. בדיקות...
J.M. and the A.M. Leviathan with Sof Davar. Well, <laughs> why shouldn't the uh, computer continue to give us trouble? Our news from Israel a newscast uh, conked out, as you heard, uh, just as it was going through the story about what happened in Yerushalayim this morning, which I'll tell you about in a second. Anyway, hopefully we're back on track here at JM and the AM. 57 degrees, mostly sunny, a high of 69. It's day 46 in the counting of the Omer. So we continue to count down to uh, Shavuos, which will be Sunday and Monday. Weekly update with Malcolm Holmline coming up Friday at 7.40. We'll do that on Erev Shabbos. 7.40 is coming Friday morning. Tomorrow, Dr. Rick Hodes, an amazing hero and an incredible representative of the Jewish community who's glorifying God's name on a daily basis on the continent of Africa. He'll join us in studio tomorrow here at JM and the AM. And I'm very much looking forward to it. Uh, the um, the story that they were in the middle of was, uh, uh, in, in the newscast, a Palestinian terrorist was shot and killed Wednesday morning after driving his vehicle into two border police officers in the Atur neighborhood of Yerushalayim. According to police, the attack took place shortly before 10 a.m. this morning. 
when the uh, unidentified assailant rammed his car into a male and female officer who sustained light to moderate wounds to their legs and hips. Terrorists drove into them while they were on patrol and on tour and both retreated at the scene and then evacuated. A police officer at the scene shot the terrorist, leaving him in critical condition. He died shortly after from his injuries. So uh, yet another one of these uh, car rammings that, thank God, didn't claim any lives this time around, but uh, caused injuries and continues to terrorize the uh, the people of Jerusalem with these uh, car rammings. And we pray for the victims. They have a speedy and full recovery. J.M. in the A.M. at 11 minutes after 7 o'clock. We say good morning on this Wednesday and uh, continue with uh, this selection from David Gabe. Bye. 
Oh 
Medley uh, introduced us by Mike Socher and uh, Mordechai Shapiro last week uh, with the Shamo Orchestra. Uh, that comes from a uh, that comes from a brand new video they posted uh, just two weeks ago. Log Bomer time. JM in the AM with 57 degrees, mostly sunny, a high of 69. It's day 46 in the counting of the Omer, six weeks and four days. We forgot to count last night. Make sure to do so sometime today. You heard Ruach doing a lot. I, I pulled out the old Ruach CD today, the greatest hits, and we just keep playing it. Did a couple, um, we did the Nar Hayisi, we did the March Medley. That included some of the Yuntif selections. Can't get enough of that. So, oh, and speaking of nostalgia, by the way, uh, Maishi Menlowitz's brand new CD seems to be the talk of the town. It's actually called Nostalgia. I will go directly from Roy Goldwasser to that brand new CD with some of the uh, amazing, inspiring hits of yesteryear, with Maishi Menlowitz coming up right here at JM in the AM. And on June the 1st, Shia Menlowitz, who is not, as far as I know, a relative of Maishi's, I don't think he is at least, uh, he's going to join me. We're going to have an entire nostalgia morning here at JM in the AM. So this is your chance. If you've always wanted, and so many people always request, that we spend time on some oldies and some goodies, uh, June 1st, mark your calendar, the Monday... Yeah, that Monday will be uh, featuring a whole bunch of great nostalgic music and um, obviously with this theme 
of a nostalgia that Mushy Menlewitz has brought back to our attention with that brand new CD. J.M. in the AM, Rabbi David Goldwasser is set. His words are Hanishmasar of Zevin of Alevi. Here is Rabbi David Goldwasser with Morning Chizuk. Good morning. We're going to be continuing with our series on Shvuz. We learn in Perkyavos the ethics of our fathers in the sixth parak. Kachi Darkashal Torah. This is the way of Torah. Pas Melach Toichel, Umayim Bamsura Tishta. A person should eat bread with salt and drink water in small measure. Reb Simcha of Pejisk compares this to a person who's traveling on the way. When he stays over along his journey, he doesn't bring with him a whole Suda. He carries a small bag with just something to eat. So too, when a person is on the road to be kind of Torah, to acquire the Torah itself, all he needs is to have something to eat to sustain him. The Rambam says similarly along these lines, Ein divrei Torah miskaimin, be'elu shalomdin mitoch idun mitoch achilu the Torah does not stay by a person that learns in the midst of indulging himself with the physical pleasures. Only with that person that has self-sacrifice for learning and is even willing to go through great pains in order to learn Torah. A man who had spent his years as a yeshiva bacher together with the great Goen Rebbe Chonon Wasserman once came to visit him in Baranovich. They had taken different paths in life. Rav Elchonin's friend had become a judge and was quite well to do. As soon as he met Rav Elchonin, he said to him, My good friend, you're much smarter than I. If you would have gone into the area of life that I did, you'd be much richer than I am. Rav Elchonin didn't flinch. The man spent a couple of hours with Rav Elchonin. And then Rebbe Chonon was mechabed him by accompanying him to the train station. Two trains were standing in the station. One was a brand new sparkling train and the other an old and dusty train. One was headed east, the other west. The judge boarded the old dilapidated train headed east. Rebbe Chonon said, Yedidi Hayakar, my good friend, why travel in this old rickety train? Better to travel in the brand new modern train. The friend looked at him in amazement. He said, That train is going to the west. I need to travel to the east. Rav Elchonin said, It doesn't matter. It's worthwhile to travel in a beautiful new train. You'll rest better. The friend could not contain himself. He raised his voice and said, I don't understand you. Why are you talking such divreshtus? Why do I need to be in a beautiful modern train if it's traveling in the opposite direction of where I want to go? Yes, replied Rav Elchonon, your ears should listen to what your mouth is saying. The Iker is the Matara. The main thing is the purpose in life that a person was put here in this world for. When a person needs to reach that purpose, it really doesn't matter whether it's in the midst of luxury or in poverty. That is Bidiyuk, exactly the answer to your question as to why I did not choose to go in the Derech. That you did. This has been Rabbi David Goldwasser bringing you morning chizik. Have a nice day.
What an amazing Shavuah song from Megillat Ruth, from the Book of Ruth. That is, Amecha Mi Kolachai, just a unbelievable selection. Before that, Maishi Menlo, it's the brand new CD that everybody seems to be talking about. It's called Nostalgia. The uh, cut we played is entitled Heartbeat to the medley of amazing selections. And on June the 1st, as we keep saying, Shia Menlowitz is going to join me for a day of nostalgia as we take a close look at these amazing and incredible hits of yesteryear that Maishi Menlowitz has uh, brought back to our attention through this CD. So we'll do that on the 1st of June here at JM in the AM. Day 46 in the counting of the Omer. It's six weeks and four days, 57 degrees, mostly sunny, and a high temperature of 69. I want to again uh, congratulate Miriam L. Wallach. An amazing presentation yesterday as keynote speaker at the Spring Luncheon for Amuna of America on the topic of empowering women. It was really a uh, a wonderful afternoon with great honorees. Wonderful program. Big thank you to our friends at Amuna. And uh, Miriam L. Wallach uh, was spectacular in her role as keynote speaker. And um, it was really a, a fantastic event. So, again, kolakavod. Jam in the AM at 8 minutes before 8 o'clock. Holiday of Shavu is rapidly approaching. It begins on Saturday night. Later on this morning in the 8 o'clock hour, courtesy of our friends at Shari Tzedek, we'll speak with one of the heroes of the Nepal Rescue Team from Israel. Tomorrow, Dr. Rick Hodes, who is the subject of a book, he's the subject of an HBO documentary, and he is one who glorifies God's name on the continent of Africa on a regular basis, on a daily basis, actually. He'll be in our studio tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM, and I'm very much looking forward to it. A real hero and somebody who takes great pride in being an Orthodox Jew. So we'll speak with him coming up tomorrow morning right here in this studio. And again, very much looking forward to it. JM in the AM. More coming up now with this tune from Yaakov Shweki. <laughs> Sassim Bebo, Rosim 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 Bebo,
In the AM. Pretty amazing, huh? Yaakov Shweki, that's called Smechim here at JM in the AM. Call a high before that. Thanks for tuning in. We've got a couple of minutes to go before 8 o'clock. We will speak with uh, one of the heroes of uh, the Nepal earthquake and its aftermath. Israel, of course, sent an amazing team, as many of you know, to help out in Nepal. And we will speak with one of those heroes coming up here at JM in the AM. Uh, just an incredible story. And speaking of incredible stories, Dr. Rick Hodes tomorrow. He is um, an absolute hero. He is the subject of an HBO documentary. He has been ABC's Person of the Week. There's a book called This is a Soul written about him and the work he's done in Africa. And he glorifies the name of God on a daily basis and takes great pride in being an Orthodox Jew. He's in our studio tomorrow morning right here at JM in the AM. Taking a look at OnlySimchas.com, Mazel Tov to Shayna Friedman and Aryeh Greenwald, Mazel Tov to David Morgenstern and Fagy Wurzberger. A lot of great Simchas up there at OnlySimchas.com. And they've, they've gone ahead over the last few months and they've uh, focused on a whole bunch of great news stories every single day. Our friends at OnlySimchas.com. And um, there's a video, if you, if, you, if you scroll down a drop at OnlySimchas.com, there's a video of a woman named Rivka Ravitz, a Haredi woman. Um, I wonder if she's related to a former uh, member of Knesset Ravitz. Uh, Chief of Staff to Israel's President, President Rivlin. And there's a video there which affords you the opportunity to uh, meet somebody from an interesting background who's in a unique situation in the government of Israel as assistant or chief of staff to the president of Israel. Anyway, that's there, and um, you'll see a whole bunch of great news stories on OnlySimchas.com. They've really, they've not, I don't know if I'd call it an expansion, but they've, uh, uh, in, in addition to expanding, they've really delved into some unique and interesting news items from around the Jewish world, which you'll see there on a daily basis. So we give them a big thumbs up and a wonderful yashikach. Uh, we go way, way back with the with our friends at OnlySimchas.com, so... 
If I have an opportunity to highlight some of their work, we're going to do so. 8 o'clock in the morning, it's day 46 in the counting of the Omer, and this is uh, your America's one and only Jewish Moments in the Morning Radio program, heard on listeners-sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmtheam.org.
with Simcha Liner that's called Shomer Yisrael. Miami before that with Loba Shamayim He off the brand new Ut Ut CD. 
JM and the AM. Want to thank those who are commenting on our app. We got a lot of important comments on the app. No joke. Uh, first, oh, before we get to the app, uh, emailer Eric, uh, earlier uh, corrected me and I was able to make the correction that it's in fact, uh, six weeks and four days. Today is six weeks and four days, day 46 in the counting of the Omer. He also says, Yom Hamiyuchas Sameach. I noticed that in the Luach. Today is Yom Hamiyuchas. Yom Hamiyuchas Sameach, he writes. <laughs> I'll tell you, there's a yuntif. There's always a yuntif to celebrate, thank God. Um, on the app, listener Yehuda from, it's, it looks like he's from Israel, says that, um, the, the Ravitz lady that we, uh, that we cited that's uh, featured today on OnlySimchas.com in that story about the chief of staff to President Rivlin, she's in fact the daughter-in-law of one-time Knesset member Rabbi Ravitz. That's what he tells us. So thank you, Yehuda, for that. And the listener, Willie, says we count up to Shavuos. We don't count down to Shavuos. I can't argue with that. And I also remind everybody that we have an amazing uh, amazing programming on our stream all day long at uh, jmandtheam.org. And today at 9 o'clock during the Keshet Beyond Milk and Honey program, I had the opportunity earlier this week to speak to one of the heroes of yesteryear, Murray Greenfield, 90 years old. He's in Tel Aviv. And, um, in fact, the article about him that the Jerusalem Post wrote is on our Facebook update page, Nahum Siegel Network on Facebook. Um, he, he was one of uh, a couple of hundred Marines, Navy men, I should say, who in their early 20s went to Europe in the mid-40s and uh, saved tens of thousands of Jews by taking them by vessel from Europe to Palestine. He was one of them. Served three months in prison in Cyprus. His parents didn't know where he went <laughs> at the age of 20, 21. And this is what he and hundreds were doing. Uh, it, it's an amazing conversation, so I hope you'll have an opportunity to hear it. That's uh, Beyond Milk and Honey, 9 o'clock this morning, right after Jam and the Am. And, um, and, uh, Rabbi Steve Berg is coming up with Community Roundtable. He'll discuss the fact that no one can tell you what's actually in the deal with Iran. He'll also discuss the Vatican recognizing a Palestinian state, and he'll top it off with the meaning behind Chag HaShavuot. By the way, speaking of Shavuos, we have an amazing day tomorrow as well, of course, on the stream at jmnam.org. And Leora Zamek is doing the stunt show tomorrow. That's 1 o'clock Eastern time on our stream. And she's presenting various Divrei Torah in preparation for Shavuos Torah study. Divrei Torah from different rabbis and different friends of hers. Plus, they'll do some music. So, I'll tell you, a lot of creativity out there. A show filled with Divrei Torah and music. That is a great way to get ready for the holiday of Shavuos. And that's happening at 1 o'clock tomorrow, Eastern Time, on our stream at jmnam.org. You can hear it on your computer, on your iPad, on the NSN app for iPhone, iPad, Android, um, iPod, make sure you have the NSN app, and that gives you the ability to comment on anything that's going on. We see the comments that are posted on the app, and we thank you for that. Yehuda says he's not from Israel, he's from Borough Park. So, even Borough Parkers, many of them know what's happening in Israeli politics, and he is uh, one of the proofs of that. So thank you, Yehuda, very, very much. J.M. and the A.M., we will uh, speak to... um uh, Professor Halevi, he's supposed to join us from Israel, from Shari Tzedek. We'll talk about the incredible efforts of the IDF and medical personnel from Israel in regard to the, in regard to the, um, Nepal earthquake 
We'll do all of that coming up if you keep it right here at JM in the AM. with that selection. The Atta is the name of the of the tune. Wednesday morning broadcast, JM and the AM. Many of you are aware of the fact that the uh, IDF and medical personnel from Israel played a very important role in the aftermath of the Nepal earthquake that took place in April. And um, you can imagine the incredible Kiddush Hashem, how those who traveled from Israel to Nepal to help out, to rescue people, to save people, to operate on people. You can imagine the tremendous Kiddush Hashem, how they glorified God's name in the process. One of those people is with us live via telephone. The Director General of Shari Tzedek, and Shari Tzedek Hospital did take a lead role in the IDF medical mission to Nepal after the devastating earthquake. The Director General of Shari Tzedek is Professor Jonathan Halevi, and uh, he was invited to join the mission, was charged with directing the internal medicine wing within the IDF field hospital. Dr. Halevi, welcome to JM in the AM. Thank you very much. A pleasure. To, you? Baruch Hashem, a pleasure to speak with you. Uh, what happens once devastating news arrives from outside of Israel? Is it the government that starts to contact medical personnel? Do you, as a leader in this area, just assume that you, as a representative of Israel, are going to be called to help out when it's such a devastating operation, uh, with devastating earthquake, rather? What's it like in the few hours after the news has broken? Well, it's actually not the government. The IDF has a field hospital that is manned by a nucleus of people who are in the mandatory service. This uh, field hospital that is composed of uh, uh, actually everything intense, but two operation theaters, an internal medicine admission department, orthopedic department, even gynecology, uh, and, of course, an emergency medicine. And all uh, these tents and uh, 70 tons of equipment are stored 
in a storage room, and uh, wherever in the world there is a disaster with mass casualties, Israel is the first to respond. I can tell you that the earthquake in Nepal took place around noontime on Shabbat three weeks ago, three and a half weeks ago now. Uh, I was called by my deputy, Dr. Ofer Marin, who serves in his reserve service as the commander of this field hospital, uh, during Shabbat, 5 p.m. in the afternoon, and he told me that the army is preparing to take off within 12 hours to be the first with this uh, field hospital in order to help treating the casualties of the earthquake. Uh, and he asked for my permission for a leave of absence from Shari Tzedek and to take with him few physicians, to which I consented immediately because the same group went to Haiti in 2010, mm. then to the Philippines, to Fukushima in Japan when the tsunami uh, took place there. So I was ready for that, and it's part of the IDF mission. Around midnight, he called me and told me that... Uh, He's looking for a senior internist to run the internal medicine and admission department. Uh, will I be ready to go? To which I answered immediately, uh, of course. And 7 a.m. in the morning of Sunday, we reported for duty. It took us 12 hours to get organized to load all the equipment. And with two jumbo jets, the 747, one cargo and one for the uh, people in the mission with the personal equipment, we flew to Kathmandu. The, the, with, with the devastation that occurred there and with obvious, you know, disorganization and panic, one can only imagine what it's like in a situation like that, especially within hours of the natural disaster. Uh, excuse the vernacular, but, but where do you begin? Where do you go? Where do you start? How do you even know where to set up and how to most effectively help the people that are in need? Well, it's a very good question. Uh, actually, before the main body, the 122 members that operated the field hospital take off, uh, there is a group of three people uh, from the IDF. That's their mission. They go immediately. They left Israel immediately after Shabbos, immediately Motsai Shabbat, uh, 24 hours before we took off. And they liaise with the Nepalese government, with the Ministry of Health, with the medical corps of the Nepalese army, and they ask for their preferences. And the preference this time was for us um, to be uh, in a stadium on, a, on grass near uh, the main military hospital in uh, Nepal, uh, in Kathmandu that was affected by the earthquake. They had to evacuate all their patients to tents, and they needed a lot of help to do orthopedic surgery. They had a line of 150 patients that were waiting outside the hospital to be operated on with severe fractures. Oh. So the three people that left before us were asked by the government, who the Nepalese government, who set this priority, and they selected for us the place that after landing we will be situated. So things were prepared within the first 12 hours after the earthquake. Would you describe the, especially within a day after, would you in fact describe it as some level of pandemonium, some level of complete panic? I mean, I would assume that, that you, like everybody else, felt the aftershocks of the earthquake and, and nothing felt settling at that time. 
say it again. I'm sorry. I mean, I, I would assume that the first 24 hours after this occurred, there's, there's just an air of pandemonium, of panic in the entire area, and it's very difficult. Uh, you're 100% right, especially that most hospitals in Kathmandu were affected as well. But still, it's a country that uh, has government, has a minister of health, right. and uh, like in Israel, they have a special body in their army to prepare for mass disasters so they could direct us. I assume you felt aftershocks as you were there, right? I felt that was, I assume that was going on constantly. No, we did, we did feel, uh, actually minor aftershocks almost every day, uh, and we were, you know, out in the field. Um, but uh, the, when we landed in Israel, a couple of hours before landing, we were in the air, they had another major earthquake, but again, nothing like the first one. The first one, still today, they counted uh, 9,000 uh, dead and tens of thousands injured. The second one had 40 uh, victims. Wow, unbelievable. Uh, so it was on a lower scale. Uh, Shari Tzedek, Director General, Professor Jonathan Halevi is with us uh, via telephone. Um, not that most of us would even know what operating room conditions are normally like at a wonderful state-of-the-art facility like yours in Israel, uh, but how do you compare being in that field hospital and operating to a regular normal situation? That's uh, very interesting. You see the conditions in the tent, although there is um, an air condition in the tent, but the conditions in terms of sterility, also the patients coming from the field. Mm. Uh, of course, we work under sterile conditions, but nothing like at home with the permanent 14 operation theaters that we have, a uh, state of the art. But really in uh, commanding the IDF, the equipment that we brought with us, the anesthesia machines, the respirators, the monitors, were state-of-the-art, like in the hospital. The only difference was the patients that came to emergency surgery, uh, not, um, we didn't have time, you know, to clean and to sterilize to the same degree. Mm. But interestingly enough, we did not observe after surgery and more infections that we are used to, actually less than that. And uh, there is among the professional circles something called the hygiene theory, that uh, in the Western world we grow up in more hygienic conditions. Right. So we don't have antibodies and we are less immune to infections. Right. We did not see major infections there. Interesting. We did see many diseases that we don't see in the West, like someone vomiting and the worm comes out. It's called ascaris. Um, all kinds of tropical diseases, and uh, in my department, under me, there was the Israeli expert, Professor Eli Schwartz, for tropical diseases and travel medicine, who advi advised us on all these esoteric diseases. But both the medical patients and the surgical patients in Nepal really, um, you know, presented to us an unbelievable challenge, and with all due subjectivity, I believe that we stood up to the challenge. I assume you operate... Now that I would add, the Nepalese people are very modest people who does not, do not externalize emotions. They accepted this horrible disaster in silence, in, in, in modesty, in sadness, and were extremely, extremely grateful to the Israeli team. I assume you were operating on people who had no home to go back to, I would guess. 
you're 100% right, including, you know, in my department, I had a 17-year-old 70, girl, actually, who lost all her family and came to us with a major uh, fracture of her leg, and uh, we were actually about to amputate, Oy. and uh, then we were able to save the limb. But yes, she had no place to go to. We spent two weeks there, and again, in fairness, to the Nepalese and the organization that they had. Social workers, Nepalese social workers, came to our field hospital and communicated with them, found uh, lost relatives, and uh, actually uh, set each and every one of the patients who did not have a home to go back to on the day that we left Nepal. Nobody was left homeless there. It may, it may sound like a silly question, but but is, is the pressure in the operating room even greater than usual when you know there are another 100 people waiting for surgery? Well, the answer is yes, although the nature of surgery, you know, we didn't do their open-heart surgery. Right. Even the neurosurgical interventions were usually, um, you know, taking care of an hemorrhage. Uh, most of the operations were orthopedic operations on crash syndromes and um, severe damage to bones and muscles in the limbs. So for very experienced physicians, and I must tell you that the 40, uh, our field hospital had a staff of 122, 40 of them were physicians, and these were the best physicians in Israel. The best physicians in Israel. The intensive care unit was run by three heads of intensive care units in various hospitals in Israel. So the professional challenge was not that great, but the special circumstances of mass casualty and the fact that we were on foreign ground, uh, not at home, not with the usual staff, uh, that was the challenge, but uh, not the mere surgery itself. Did the regular people, did the, obviously the government knew, did a civilian who came to your field hospital know that you were from Israel? Everybody knew there were flags of Israel, the ambassador, the Israeli ambassador uh, to uh, Nepal was in the field. Uh, there was a lot of communication, and actually everybody who came, every one of the 1,600 people who came to our emergency room in the field hospital knew that we are Israelis. By the way, we use as translators, mm. volunteer Nepalese women, the common denominator of all of them was that they worked in Israel, you know, in um, attending to old people like the Philippines. Home health so aides. Nepal is also very popular. Some of them spent 10 years in Israel and knew Hebrew. So immediately they introduced us as the uh, relief mission from Israel. Unbelievable. Uh, Director General of Sharet Tzedek Medical Center, Professor Jonathan Halevi, is with us. We're talking about the amazing Israeli field hospital team that went to Nepal. Um, we heard from uh, from the Haiti episode that there were babies born there that were named Israel in honor of you and your colleagues. Were there any heartwarming stories that came out of Nepal? Well, I didn't hear about the names this time, <laughs> but I can tell you that in two weeks we delivered um, eight babies. Aww. We treated many, many children, but eight babies were born. And we were so popular that uh, even uh, an officer who is a physician 
who served in the hospital adjacent to us, in the Nepalese military hospital, when his wife had a premature delivery and had contractions um, on the seventh month or 31st week, uh, he chose to come and uh, have his baby in our field hospital. <laughs> and I think that shows uh, the confidence that uh, the IDF field hospital uh, elicited in uh, everybody who was around us. If uh, he preferred our field maternity to the maternity of his regular hospital, it speaks for itself. Um, uh, what, what number of uh, doctors, how many of the doctors were that were with you as a team uh, came from Shari Tzedek? I, th- I think I read like 10 or 12. Does that make sense? Yeah, 10 out of the 40 were from Shari Tzedek. Almost every Israeli hospital was represented, usually with one or two physicians. Right. It has to do with all my due subjectivity, really with the central role that um, that Charetzedek plays in today's Israeli medicine. We became one of the major centers in Israel, located in the center of Jerusalem. But it also has to do with the fact that the reserve uh, task of uh, the commander to command this hospital is my deputy, Dr. Ofro Marine, who is the head of trauma in Sharetzele. Right. And the art form in these missions is to select the best physicians. He's familiar firsthand with the best physicians in Sharetzele. This uh, explains the relative overrepresentation of Sharetzele among the 40 physicians of the medical team. In Nepal. Right. And um, when, when you have an all-star roster like this, who's going to Nepal, does it in any way, and pl- please don't take this the wrong way, but does it in any way adjust things back home at the hospital in Shari Because every department, it seems, is being, or, or most of the major departments, are being represented with this mission to Nepal. And obviously, oh. some of your best people are, are there instead of being in Israel. Oh. No, I don't think it's the wrong way on the on the opposite. Sharetzedek is a very strong hospital today. We have 700 physicians. Yeah. The chief of orthopedic surgery went with me there, but there are nine senior physicians in the department that remained in Israel. So in no way or form did it affect our routine work here. And on the contrary, everybody was very proud with their representation there. For instance, we took a guy who is a senior physician in our pediatric emergency room who did an unbelievable job in Nepal, but he's one out of 50 physicians. Our pediatric emergency room sees 30,000 uh, children a year. It's by far one of the definitely the largest in Jerusalem. So if you take one of 15 physicians, <laughs> um, everybody is covering. By the way, everybody wanted to go. I mean, <laughs> There was a pressure on the head of the mission to attend because I must tell you the time uh, in practice, 42 years, but this was one of my life experiences in many, many aspects. The humanitarian, the professional challenge, the social, there was a lot of camaraderie. You know that physicians sometimes like to argue, to argue. To argue about a patient, you should do this, you should do that. I think this is the diagnosis. The camaraderie that was manifested among the staff in Nepal, probably united by the sacred mission, was unbelievable. In two weeks of spending and sleeping in tents with all these people, I did not hear one argument. Everybody, all the discussions about patients 
well in a nice, modest manner. I also served as the head of the ethics committee of the field hospital because many ethical decisions had to be taken, you know, if to resuscitate or not to resuscitate, to, um, to do an amputation when the patient could not give a consent in order to save his or her life or not to do it. And uh, I was very impressed with the camaraderie. So the social aspect was also a life experience. And even the personal, I'm 67 years old, it's already 30 years that I did not do miluim, did not do reserve, did not sleep in a personal tent on the ground. (laughs) It was also the physical conditions were also a personal challenge. And I'm happy to say that uh, we all rose up to the challenge. I was going to ask you about the team suffering from fatigue, but the truth is that you were probably with people, and yourself, of course, who who have had plenty of sleepless nights in Israel as well. (laughs) That's correct. We are all used to hard work. We slept within three and four hours a day. We covered for each other when one of us went to sleep. Um, you know, every every night for these three or four hours, there was someone who covered the department. We had excellent nurses there, and uh, active physicians are used to be deprived of sleep. Right. Uh, you had teams, as you mentioned, in Japan and Haiti and the Philippines. Now you were, of course, leading this team in uh, in Nepal. I mean, do, do, based on what you know uh, through these types of experiences and the, and your colleagues who've been there. Do do these places recover? Is, is Nepal going to get back to a uh, to a a place and as a as a uh, as an area that will be able to to rebound from this devastating episode? Yeah, well, the answer is complex. If you take Kathmandu, which is a city of three million people that was not in the center of the earthquake and was affected the few temples collapsed and you know every tent building had some damage they will fully recuperate in in few months i believe but on the uh in the himalaya on the slopes of the himalaya mountains there were whole villages that were buried under the avalanche of rocks from the himalaya and there the loss of life is horrendous and some of these villages will never be resurrected. Right. Uh, th- there were Israelis who were missing. I-, I assume that was not under your jurisdiction, that the Israeli government and the army uh, m- made sure to do what they could until everybody was accounted for. Yeah, well, the rescue, the rescue mission uh, that went up to the mountains to discover Israeli um, uh, backpackers, right. who, uh, as you know, almost every graduate of the Israeli army spends between a month and few months touring uh, India and Nepal, my children included, and unfortunately they were caught in the earthquake. Yeah. And the rescue um, team, uh, especially trained by the army, actually shared the camp with us and went every day by helicopters uh, to the mountains to rescue. And they did a terrific job, and actually all the Israelis, all the Israelis that were deconnected, were all located and came back safely, except one person who was found buried under the rocks, and this is Or Asraf of blessed memory. Right. And his father flew to Nepal and was in our camp in order to realize that the IDF does everything in order to locate him. As the days elapsed, we were very worried, and on the 10th day after the earthquake, 
his uh, cadaver, unfortunately, right. was uh, his body was uh, recovered from under the rocks. What was the last day like? I, I would assume that as much of a, of a relief as it is to know you're heading back to Israel, there has to be mixed emotions when the team is leaving on the final day. Well, it was a very emotional day because, don't forget, I ran uh, the inpatient department there. So I had 15 patients. Many of them spent the whole two weeks with us, or 10 days out of the 14 days. And uh, the staff, we all became attached. I have pictures with these patients, and they have tears in their eyes, and we have tears in in our eyes. And we evacuated them and handed them to the Nepalese uh, medical team. And this was a very moving and uh, emotional experience. We wanted to guarantee that they will get uh, good rehabilitations. Many of them were amputees who will need prosthesis, but it was too soon to talk about prosthesis when we left. So it was a very, very emotional day. We were... We had a lot of satisfaction because we felt that a lot was accomplished and we really did a a big mitzvah, saving many lives. On the other hand, it was very difficult to say goodbye to these these patients. All the personnel became very attached to them. Uh, Director General Professor Jonathan Halevi, in conclusion, could you tell this audience how proud they should be of the State of Israel, the Israel Defense Forces, and and medical personnel like yourself and your colleagues for having embarked on this mission? Well, there are no words to describe it. I was born in Israel. I am a Sabre, and I came back even a prouder Israeli than I left Israel. The fact that the IDF ethos is that whenever there is such a mass disaster anywhere in the world, the first thing that they do, they invest money, they just lift, this field hospital that is waiting for it, because it's the same field hospital that treated the Syrian refugees a few months ago on our northern border. Mm. Uh, and the fact that we have this ethos, that we will be the first and with the most major facility. There was an American delegation to Nepal as well. Nothing to compare in terms of the number of people and the, and the, the surgical and medical abilities that we brought with us. So I really felt extremely proud in our IDF and extremely proud that I'm an Israeli. Dr. Alevi Kolakavod, thank you so much for joining us. Best regards to your colleagues and everybody at Shari Tzedek. I look forward to seeing you in Jerusalem. I will, and thank you very much for this interview. Medical director of the field hospital was Dr. Ofer Merin. The Shari Tzedek director general, Professor Jonathan Halevi, who was our guest, who joined the mission and was charged with directing the internal medicine wing within the IDF Field Hospital in Nepal. Uh, as you heard, he and uh, 10, 12 colleagues from Sharitetic Medical Center were part of this amazing team of uh, 40 doctors and surgeons and a group of over 100 that went to work in the field hospital in Nepal. Just amazing. What a kiddush Hashem glorifying the name of God and of the state of Israel and of the Jewish people. JM in the AM on a Wednesday morning broadcast.
in the AM. Soul Stirring is the name of that medley. Maishi Menlo, it's brand new off of the uh, Nostalgia CD here at JM and AM. It's opened up a whole a whole new uh, avenue of Jewish music for a lot of listeners out there, that's for sure. Unbelievable. A lot of young listeners have never heard of some of these selections. Maishi Menlo, it's Yashikach to you. It's a brand new CD. We'll talk more about it as we get closer to our big Nostalgia Day, which is going to be the 1st of June here at JM and the AM. 
I want to thank the, those who are commenting on the app. One of our uh, listeners says, I'm a physician. I find this interview fascinating. I thank you for that. Dr. Olevi was amazing. Uh, one listener says, amazing interview. Thank you. Tomorrow, we, we get to stay on the theme of amazing interviews. And I don't normally like to assume or announce or conjecture that an interview is going to be great. Uh, now, in fact, who knows? <laughs> I may be jinxing it a bit. But uh, tomorrow, Dr. Rick Hodes is in studio at JM in the AM. I've read the book about him. Uh, I cannot wait to meet him in person. He has saved thousands of lives. He'll probably say hundreds modestly, and anybody would agree it's hundreds. But it's probably more in the thousands of lives of uh, those living on the continent of Africa and was responsible for a lot of Jews getting to Israel from Africa and is responsible for an, a tremendous number of people on the African continent blessing the Jewish people and and Israel. And um, he's responsible for glorifying God's name on a daily basis. He is in studio with us tomorrow morning. You can Google him if you want to get a taste of what he's all about. And uh, we we look forward to welcoming Dr. Rick Hodes here at JM in the AM. Coming up, as I said, five minutes from now on jmtheam.org, my interview with one of the heroes of the mid-1940s, one of the Navy men who went from America with some vessels, won't call them ships because they weren't ships, to save tens of thousands of Jews who were taken by them from Europe to Palestine. And uh, Community Roundtable with Steve Berg coming up as well. He'll talk about the uh, Vatican and the and the um, Palestinians and the recognition of a Palestinian state. Talk about Iran and talk about Shavuos as well. It's all coming up. Uh, Z Report live lunch with Yassi's Y coming up at 11 o'clock Eastern time. There's a lot happening on this Wednesday all through the day online with us at jmnam.org and on the NSN app. Make sure you are tuned in. Wrap things up with Schlaka Pella. Here's Lenny Solomon and company. I asked the man I saw how many Jews in this town. He said to me there used to be a minion around. But one of us passed away and we've been feeling down. Yet now it seems as though another Jew has been found. Won't you stay with us for Shabbos, Minion Man? I step off the bus in Mobile, Alabama. The sun was slowly setting on the bay. Six o'clock on a summer Friday afternoon. Shabbos was an hour away. I walked around the town wondering what to do. Shabbos is no time to be feeling blue. Then I saw a man who looked the same way too. I was quite relieved to find the fellow Jew. Then two more. 
Went into a shop that read closed on the door. There was a minion in the back of a hardware store. Nine men waiting for one more. We ushered in the Shabbos with a beautiful song. The Chazan had a voice that was clear and strong. Our brothers and sisters in Israel, we are with you. It's America's one and only Jewish moments in the morning radio program. Heard and listeners sponsored WFMU East Orange, WMFU Mount Hope, Rockland County at 91.9 on the FM dial, broadcasting live from the Sonia and Robert Gold Studios in Jersey City, New Jersey, around the world on the web, jmdm.org. Tomorrow on this radio show, Dr. Rick Hodes, we are getting set to welcome him here to JM and the AM, and uh, I cannot wait. To meet him in person, he'll be here tomorrow. Friday, weekly update with Malcolm Honeline. Don't forget, as we get ready for a big Shavuos weekend. Shabbat.